Hello and welcome to episode 278 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Colin. It's the last episode we'll do before Christmas. The last sort of movie, like sort of like new movie related one. Uh, yep. Next week's one will be more of a, a, a review one, which is always a, a fun one to do. Re- oh, we need to do a top ten, don't we? Either top like, ten, um, yeah, well, yeah, we need to get that done. So that will be something to figure out over the next couple of days. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on to that as well. So, yes. so it's always, it's always, um, it's always interesting. Hotly contested, contested. I think is the way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm, I'm being, being a good boy tonight, and I'm on uh, the Bud Lights tonight. Lovely. So, um, so nice and gentle, like could drink hundreds of them. And, be fine. So, be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think this time of year you've got to kind of be careful, haven't you? Yes, yes. Drink, drinking would, season, yeah. Drinking season, you can get out of hand very quickly, so best to keep it light when you can keep it light. And it's like barely even six o'clock. Exactly, six o'clock. So, so. Not even friendly. <laughs> you've got to at least a bit chill with this. Are you drinking anything, sir? No, man, as we discussed um, off camera and we, discussed, uh, we met each other on Tuesday night, I'm not at my best right now. Yep. yep. So, Richard um, and Jill are very unwell. Very unwell. Um, yeah. the, the viruses that are floating around, not not the main virus that everyone mm. um, is still scared of, but um, that's not that one, but some other viruses we've got, and we're just trying to fight them this now, and I feel alcohol would not help in that situation. I have noticed um, increasingly that more and more people that I know have been getting COVID. It seems to be mm. on the, the increase I, again. Um, it's, it's definitely not gone. It's definitely not no, gone. No, it's, it's, yeah, it seems to be growing, growing arms and legs. and Yeah. Taking on a whole new lease of life, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we don't have COVID, but we do have a, a virus of sorts. Yeah, some nasty, horrible thing that, that ruined dinner. Aww. It did kind of ruin dinner. It, not ruined dinner, but it definitely put a downer on dinner. Yeah, it ruined it for you guys. Yeah, you bet, yeah. Kind of, just we weren't quite at our, at our peakness. And you went, we weren't getting the full Richard experience when we went for dinner. So let, let's cheer things up there and talk about some films. Let's yes, first of all, what yeah. you watch at home? Have you watched anything interesting at home? Uh, so we finished Modern Family. We very nice. You very finished. happy with the ending? I, I was. It, it was. You kind of seen how it was all kind of going anyway. Do you know what I mean? But it, it was nice to to have that final closure. Oh, done. I'm going to. Do you know what? I'm really going to miss loads. Phil Dunphy. He he was my favourite character. Phil was like my staple. Like he'd always make me laugh. Every episode I'd chuckle away at him. So I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss that. Phil is the, the sort of the MVP of that show. Yeah, I definitely. He's the one who definitely. Uh, Everyone else had their moment, but he's one of the mayors consistently as the real heart of the show. Just, uh, just total goofball with a heart of gold. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was just, all, all his jokes were always in point, and the, the writers seemed to just get him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we know what we're doing with his character at all times, and yeah, he was always, always. He probably always... changed the least throughout the show. Like, he yeah. pretty much had that character. It's quite funny you see a character who's, like, that nailed on, like, from, like, almost episode one. You know? Remember yeah, like, yeah. watching the X Files and you watch the X Files, you go episode one, like the company and Anderson, they knew what that character was. Yeah. Like they had that nailed in the dynamic, they had it properly nailed on straight away. And it's, it's always interesting to see guys who when it's just there's no like almost almost no evolution of like bedding into a character. Like they just, just they know exactly what they're it's doing. Such a well written character, mm. so that's a character doesn't need anything done it, and that character yeah. will just be the, the backbone of everything moving forward. It's kind of like Abed and Community as well. He's yeah, a similar character who's just perfectly written, didn't ever need all, or didn't, he just wrote it the whole time. So we finished that off, and last night we watched White Christmas. We were looking for a Christmas movie, um, Lorraine's Choice, and she chose White Christmas, starring Bing Crosby and right. Danny Kay. Yeah. Was there a lot of singing and dancing? 
That that actually was a lot. Strangely though, um, a lot of the dance and song song numbers were, were quite forgettable. The kind oh. of big ones, White Christmas, uh, which they do at the start and the end, and that's like you know you kind of everyone knows that. But there was a lot of stuff in it, and it's like I couldn't I couldn't recall. I'll confess, I've never seen White Christmas. What's the general story of White Christmas? Um, it's actually we've talked about this last night. It's actually really light on plot. It's basically these two guys are interested in two girls and they end up up north in what you say Vermont maybe mm. to, to kind of follow them around um, there's no snow for whatever reason and they end up kind of putting on a show to try and help out this hotel that's kind of wearing in business um, we'll try to wear the girls that's it in a nutshell it's, it's really 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 light on plot um, but it did make me appreciate Bing Crosby and how much of a he's like the ultimate crooner Bing Crosby He's just got, he's got the big, you know, the, the, the kind of hang dog eyes and, and that voice and you know, he's just like cosy and comfortable. And it's like, you just want to live in that man's skin for an hour just to see how relaxed you could get. He's, he does seem a very relaxed man. Um, do you know who plays Betty Hayes in that film? Um, oh, it's uh, George Clooney's auntie. I think it's aunt, yeah, Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Can, I've said, actually, we didn't let talk about it. You can actually see... A strange resemblance. She's I'm got. Looking at, I'm looking at IMDb the chin. Now. It's a chin. It's a jawline. Yeah. It's very. It, it's, it's that much of the Clooney jawline. The, must, yeah. You can see it. You're like, oh yeah, she looks like George Clooney a wee bit. It's utterly bizarre. Danny Kaye was actually the, the the standout in the full film. I do. I love Danny Kaye. If it was a kid, I used to watch all his films, and every time he pops up in this film, he just steals it. So he does. Oh singing and dancing and he's funny and he's he's got kind of loads of heart to his character and stuff like that. So he was actually the MVP. Apart from the song White Christmas, which is just well phenomenal. Yeah, because that that was is that not like it's one of the it's like the highest selling song of all time, the White Christmas song, is it not? Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. but it just it, it does nice when you do see it in the film. It just heartwarming. Do you know I mean, it's like you know it's Christmas. You're like right, well, Christmas is here. So we're watching this on TV. It's that song. Christmas this year. So that, that it does was, seem like more of an American, like sort of a, a film that sort of came out of American culture rather than like British culture. Doesn't I think, it? Yeah, because the song was more a thing here. Obviously, the song was a big thing. Yeah. Oh, my grand grandpa always played it, but I think the film itself is more of a definitely more of an American staple. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think over here it's like more like kind of love actually and things like that, isn't it? We've adopted as their kind of Christmas favourites. Old Christmas films that might have been a thing over here, and I don't remember my grand and grandpa were like saying they wanted to watch White Christmas. White Christmas, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the first time me and Lorraine have seen it. Um, I've kind of seen clips of the song being sung mm. like all the time, but the actual film from start to finish, that's the first time we've seen it as well. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's one of those weird Christmas movies that you never get around to watching. Where did, where did you watch it? Where was it on? Ooh, I uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon, okay. So I would say check it out. It's, it it kind of makes you feel Christmassy, although it doesn't have a lot of Christmas in it, which mm. is weird as well. Um, it, it's not because they kind of go up to up, up north and it's not snowing. Do you know what I mean? So you're like kind of, but where's the Christmas theme and stuff like that? It gets here slowly but surely, but yeah, there's a, a lack of Christmas. Do you want to hear my, so, not a new an old white Christmas fact? Well. Uh, the snow used at the end of the film is actually asbestos. Oh, right, okay. So there wouldn't so be any lawsuits coming out the back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened to Bing Crosby? Now we know. Because yeah. <laughs> I think Holly ends the one we're talking about off camera. Holly ones, and as it's got the, kind of the, the more the racial things in it, that yeah. make it very unwatchable now. Yeah. Um, even I think it's a lot of the same people involved in it. This is almost like a re, it's not quite a remake, but it's the same kind of general 
idea is pulled in. It's um, there's no blatant racism in it, but it's a very very weak cast, and any persons of colour that are in the movie are strictly confined to they're serving you something. The servant role, yeah, I think that that yeah, was all. Yeah. yeah, very very much so. You know, as as a white film. Yeah, it feels like a white, white. <laughs> I mean, Big Crosby yeah. is like the whitest man on earth. He is, but um, honestly, I'm convinced that man was just born with cannabis in his blood or something. He's just he so, guilty. he's just totally like, like you could see like, like Bubbly and all these kind of guys. You can see like, yeah, this is this is what you're aspiring to be. You're never going to do Aye. it, but you know, you can see that. But uh, what a voice, what, what a, his voice. Uh, but yeah, that that's been my my. At home viewings um, since since we last discussed movies. Um, I think anyway, I've watched at home. I mean, mentioned one that I watched at home. It's not on. Um, it's not like a main film of what this week. It's one I watched last night called um, The Voyeurs. Okay, right. And it's Intrigued. got Sydney Sweeney. I don't. I don't know if you know this girl. No. She's sort of like the new hot thing. Apparently, she's she's very big on Instagram. And it's basically this couple move into like a flat and then they start, there's a couple across the way from them who they keep spying on because they're up to interesting things, let's just say. It has, the, the, the first like hour has a feeling of like a Channel 5, like sort of old style, like Channel 5 erotic thriller type thing, you know, you feel like. It's saxophone I, music and couples going <laughs> for no reason at all almost. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like, I feel, I feel, I feel a bit dirty watching this, at, at, you know. In my thirties, I feel like it's something like fifteen-year-old Richard might have liked, but thirty-five-year-old, thirty-eight-year-old Richard should be maybe moving on from stuff like this. But it takes a, it takes a fucking ton in the, the final third. Like crazy third. I like one of them. You kind of see, you can almost see coming. And go right, fair enough, I get that. But then the rest, you're like, what the? F-? It's you're almost trying to justify the boobs by making it like this a completely fucked up ending, um, which made me actually enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. It was actually, it was very silly, but. It brought it home kind of strong. I mean, it's a five or four or five out of ten movie, but like an enjoyable four or five out of ten movie, you know, compared to like say a bad movie, you know, yeah. a bad four or five. This just felt like a five out of ten. Five out of ten will go, but that's better than it should have been, you know. Fifteen-year-old Richard would have had this on pause quite a lot. I'm going to assume. There are a couple of scenes in it, you go, <laughs> yeah, you can see why it's sort of it has an appeal to certain certain people. Um. But yeah, I watched that on 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 Amazon Prime. What, what led you to that? I'm just curious. I was to to because I'm Richard sitting on the couch to thinking what am I going to watch to this film? Uh, I'm 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 ill, Colin, and I couldn't <laughs> scroll through anything. And I have to see this. I'm going. I've heard of the Sydney Sweeney girl. I'm going to sit and watch it. Okay, cool. I'll I'll, I'll take that. Um, Lorraine keeps watching this. Um, just on the, the kind of we should know better out of his, but Lorraine keeps watching that one, The Alienist. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Which has got Daniel Brühl, Luke Evans. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she keeps watching that, and it's, it's set in Victorian kind of America. Right. Um, and he's like a kind of head doctor. But there's always lots of murder and sex in it, and every time I'll kind of walk in the bedroom, and there's just somebody getting fucking thrown about a bed or Aye. somebody getting their throat cut and like, every time I walk in I'm like what the fuck is this show Do you know I mean it's just constant well, constant boobs and, and stabby bits in it and yeah well Sydney so, Sweeney plays she's in White Lotus apparently that's quite a big thing she's in this now as well um, Euphoria um, once upon a time in Hollywood she plays Snake she must be one of the girls at the 
like yeah, um, compound, yeah, yeah, um, sharp objects, handmade tales in as well. So she's she has got quite a decent repertoire of like yeah. of movies, but she's going to be the next big thing, and that's she's very this, big on very, very big on um, Instagram apparently. Yeah, I think this Euphoria show, I think that's really big with a kind of tween market. Tween audience. That, that's like kind of big, big news. So yeah, I can see why she's. It's same with uh, is it Je- Jenna Ortega? Yeah, she's on Wednesday, but, yeah. she's been, but, yeah, but she started out on like sort of like she's big on Instagram as well, so it's like she's got yeah, an audience. She's up. kind of catapult to stardom as well. Absolutely. Anyway, so on to some sort of bigger name films that come out this week that we'll talk about. The first one is on Netflix and it's called Pinocchio. Um, Pinocchio. Another, another, another Pinocchio. It's like the third, apparently it's the third Pinocchio film this year. Yeah, it's nuts. It? I've only seen one of the other ones. The other one was not very good, I think it, it was called. Yeah, it wasn't very good, was it? Um, Tom Hanks, disappointing. That was a shame. Yeah. 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 Anyway, this one's written by Guillermo del Toro, um, mm. the man who's done things like Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, Water. He's del Toro. He's done He's done yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff. Guillermo knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but he's alongside Mark Gustus, uh, Gullison. Is that Gullison? a co-director or...? Yeah, because animation, so you feel, I think that's maybe just somebody who knew animation more intrinsically than perhaps him, and it's sort of okay. like an all set of hands. Also, I think they'd be allowed him to do other work at the same time, possibly. Um, yeah. You know, I think maybe so they could shoot, I think part of every shot was taking, like, you know, how long to do. They needed to, like, have maybe three or four sets running at one time. So, <coughs> extra pair of hands to keep the ship, ship running. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and that's his feature film debut, so it's not a bad person to work under here. Feature film debut, you're working with Gil Toro, you're, you're doing okay. Um, the plot of this one, essentially, it is the Pinocchio story. You know, Wooden Boy becomes animated. Father Geppetto, you know, the, the, loses the boy, the boy, the boy, the boy, the adventure, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a Pinocchio, it's a, it's a standard Pinocchio story. Um, yeah, so basically, it's a Pinocchio story, you know, it's, it's not dissimilar to the one that you've seen a hundred times before, Pinocchio. Yeah. Um, only difference is this one's set in sort of fascist Italy, you know, the rise of Mussolini, yeah. um, and he's, he's wrapped up in that. So there's a lot of people wanting to take advantage of Pinocchio. You've got the the one you know from the the comic, uh, the, the the cartoon of like um, the sideshow wanting to take, you know, want to use him for fame. Yeah. You've also got uh. the, the military want to use him in this one because he doesn't seem to die, which is sort of an interesting. They want to know how he That's stays alive. Dark, very dark, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a very dark film. Um, in the film, you've got Ewan McGregor playing the cricket. Jiminy Cricket? Okay. No, right. not, not, no, no. He'll get sued if he's Jiminy Cricket. He's just. Oh, because Jiminy. That's the thing, yeah. Right. So this is what sucks for Disney, right? So Pinocchio's not a Disney story. No. It, it's a traditional tale. An Italian story. Italian. Disney get it. They fucking add in Jiminy Cricket and all that, and then suddenly they seem to think that this is ours. They do that a lot, Disney, don't they? They take yeah, something and they kind of. Like, for example, you could make a Frankenstein film if you wanted to. Mm. That's in the public domain. Yeah. What you can't do is put nuts and bolts on his neck and put the scar around his head. Because that's Boris Karloff, which that's is universal. universal but, yeah, so it's, it's the subtle things that make that you, you can trademark a certain look, essentially. Yeah. So there's certain things about Disney, about the Pinocchio Disney, that they've, um, they've, you know, it's trademarked as a Disney verse. So Jiminy Cricket, for example, is one thing. You can't sing. <laughs> You know, they've got their songs in it as well. You can't put them in a, a version that's not. But it does like, almost make it, although it's not theirs. It does. He's like Cinderella, um, uh, Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, these are all. They're all, they're all, you know, fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. And um, they've lived there for long, but they've just sort of they've been co-opted by Disney. You know, yeah. so we did, like Jungle Book, for example, is a book written in 18, 1800s. Uh, you know, way way back before Disney was 
Oh, fucking Aye. born possibly. Yeah. Aye, but but it's, she just that the incident was no, that's Disney's, and it's like no, it's it's, it's not Disney's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are becoming a bit of a monster, aren't they? Really? It's, uh, yeah, they've all been, they've all been a monster, Disney. To be honest, um, too much. Also, also <laughs> David Bradley plays Geppetto. Um, you got your your man Bun Gorman pops up in oh, it as well. Who is he in it? I think he's just. Random Italian citizen type <laughs> stuff. Um, Ron Perlman obviously pops up because yep. he's still Toro. Yeah. Um, John Turturro, Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Christoph Waltz, and Tilda Swinton. So it's a very heavy duty. That's a big cast, yeah. 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 Heavy duty cast. Um. So it's definitely like a Disney telling. It's definitely not a light, fluffy, happy. Let's you know sing along kind of telling. Well, Disney, the Disney version is quite dark. You think about the whole stuff with the kids getting drunk and turned into. Mm. Yeah, stuff like that. There's a kind of darkness donkeys to that one. Donkeys and shit, cronies. Yeah, donkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But this one is from the very beginning, a very dark, twisted version of the the Pinocchio legend, um, and it is, it is definitely aimed at adults. I would say if if kids are going to watch this, they probably have to have adults with them to sort of talk them through bits of it. Answer question: Is there singing and dancing in it? Is it there is songs though? in it? Yes, I would say yeah. there's dancing. There's definitely songs in it. Because mm-hmm. um, Hugh McGregor loves to sing. Um, I think Hugh McGregor is a failed rock star, I think, in his mind. Yeah. Uh, he wants to sing. Um, so there is definitely songs in it that are not the songs you know from Pinocchio. They're, yeah. they're different songs. Some of them actually, a couple of them are actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, voice cast are good, but I would maybe say, as much as some of the songs are all right, I don't think they're necessarily needed in the film. Like, for a film that's so dark and so twisted, the musical stuff kind of almost feels a depart- like they've departed from it. You know, yeah. you- like a, mm. a different tone to it. Um, it's stop motion, so it's got sort of that weirdly otherworldliness to it. Yeah. You know that sort of that stop motion does. It's, it's sort of a di- very different, very specific type of animation, um, and it gives it a kind of constantly creepy feel to it. Well, I was going to say Del Toro, like his designs are usually mm. fucking bizarre anyway. So I can imagine some of the, the design and creatures well, are like I don't understand just what the hell I'm watching. There aren't many, I can't imagine there's many Pinocchios that would have a biblically accurate angel in it. Oh, right, okay. Because if you know your Bible, angels aren't hot people with wings. They're like 18 winged, 20 eyed freak things, you know? So it's like, has one of them in it, which is surprising. And it's definitely not your normal Pinocchio film. Um, (laughs) It is over two hours long, Mm. which is testing the patience. So you could have probably, probably could have trimmed. Um, I can't imagine in this kind of animated style they're, they're putting a lot of time into things that they don't need to put in, so I imagine everything they put yeah. in is it's not vanity as much as if, but <coughs> it felt, I would, have trimmed, I would have trimmed the songs out of it if it, if it had been, you know, perfectly honest, because I didn't really get much from the songs, um, and that would have brought it right down in runtime and probably made it a bit um, even more watchable, but it is excellent, like it's very, it's so well done it's so beautiful looking um, and it's, I just love seeing that style of animation because it's so rare to, to I see think, these days. I think it's just it's so labour intensive, isn't mm-hmm. it? Doing stuff like that, that it is becoming yeah. less and less and less of a kind of commercial thing for, for box. It requires yeah. someone like Del Toro who's like got the power and the money behind him to to basically do it almost as a vanity project, essentially. Yeah. You know, to do it. That's what makes it possible. But you can't just, you almost wouldn't, you know, do it as a, a you know, a, a first time filmmaker would really struggle to be able to push yeah. a stop motion movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And this was straight on to Netflix, wasn't it? It's, it's yes. never had any cinema yeah. or anything. I think like you got some well. limited release, you, your usual kind of few yeah. cinemas type thing, but no, essentially straight on to Netflix. Which is insane because four years ago, if someone had said to me, like, Del Toro would be doing straight to Netflix stuff, you'd be like, no, don't, don't, don't be silly. But it's, it's kind of shows you the power that streaming's got now, isn't it? It's just it how I, and maybe they were willing to bankroll it in a way that other studios just weren't willing to do it. And I think that might be the bigger option. You know, they were just they had money and were saying, We will give you the money to do this. Yeah, yeah. And it, others just ex- weren't doing. I take it it's expensive to do stuff it looks, as well. Yeah, it's, 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 I think like you said, labour intensive. It's not something you can do quickly. So yeah, even just yeah. paying the wages of the animators constantly, you know, for years. I mean I think it's like two and a half years it took to make this thing. I always kind of wondered about that. Like, a wee bit of a guard path here, sorry, as always do. Uh, but even when you watch like old Bugs Bunny cartoons or like, episodes of The Simpsons, and like they churn this shit out, like, I mean, how many a year? And it, it, I always kind of wonder, like, how much time and effort goes into that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it just seems pure churned out, but it's obviously not. Do you know what I mean? Like, even not like a five minute cartoon, you know, the, the, the amount of effort and work that goes into that, and you just well, watch it and you, you, you dismiss it. A lot of the ones you're watching, those ones that they're working from like preset backgrounds a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. not animating the background. So it's usually quite a stagnant background, mm. you know. They're, so they're just animating the sort of the character in the foreground that's doing the, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's but, like, as a, as a cheaper version of animation, yeah. Yeah, but still, isn't it that? Oh, just as I say, just with the sheer volume of content, you yeah. just don't appreciate what must be going on behind the scenes to, to make that. To just kind of keep that turning over. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Bonkers. Yeah. Anyway, Pinocchio on Netflix, I'll give it seven and a half out of ten. Ooh, big score for Pinocchio. I'd right, you're pressuring me to watch this now, aren't yeah. you? That, that's what's happening. I will watch it. You've got time because you're not getting to watch we're doing a, a review next week, so you don't have yeah. anything to watch next week. And, then and you there's can, nothing out next week, so, so yeah. you get time to watch stuff calm. I stuff. will watch Pinocchio. I, I do I do want to because I do love Del Toro. Um, as do I. As do I. Yeah. So on from that, we move on to the other streaming service, one that apparently only I have still, and that is Apple Peace. <laughs> um, it's a film called Emancipation, directed by Anthony Fuqua, who directed things like Training Day, Infinite, uh, The Guilty, this, I think this year he wrote like, The Guilty, um, Equalizer, Southpaw in, in recent years as well. A man of definite talent and skill. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's some, some good, good films that you rained off there that yeah, yeah. you can you can fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so plot this one, it's basically it's it's a true story about a, a man escaping from slavery uh, in the deep south during uh, the Civil War in America, where he, yeah. he hears about Lincoln's declaration that any slave is now a free man, um, so he has to try and get to the north in order to, to become free, yeah. uh, in, in that sense of the story. Um, he's famous to us now because he's a man you, you've seen in the pictures of with the, with the scars on his back. On his back, yeah, yeah, and which his, is horrendous. Yeah. Have you seen the original pictures? Yes, horrible. It's Jesus, yeah, it's heartbreaking. So those pictures were a big deal because they were sort of like putting a lot of newspapers at the time and sort of to show the sort of the brutality, of, brutality yeah, of what yeah. slavery is, you know, um, and it helped to follow the cause of the like sort of the emancipation and, yeah. and things, you know, and the abolitionist movement. Um, so the, in the film you've got Will Smith playing I can't remember the guy's name I'm sure it's Stephen or is it is it Stephen or oh, um, John maybe he's, he's, John, he's, he's got different names yeah because I think they say the picture but 
it, it, it's him, but then the story of his adventures is maybe akin to someone else, possibly. So I yeah, think it's, it's like, interchangeable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter is his name in the, in Peter, the film. Sorry, right, Peter's okay. name in the film. But I think you're. It is sort of like what, what, Pe- what Peter is the famous photo, isn't it? That, that's uh-huh. what the photo's called. It's kind of well known. But yeah, I think he was known as other names and all the army adventures are, are allegedly not the same person. Person, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's in it. Ben Foster playing evil Ben Foster, which is something is he's very good at. Yeah, yeah. You forget Ben Foster's. He's a proper chameleon because he, he can do. Nice, but then when he does bad, he's a bastard, isn't he? He's, he's proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and after that, you've got sort of a, lot, a very good cast of like sort of um, faces you recognise but probably can't remember where people mm. like Stephen Ogg <coughs> and Ronnie Jean Givens, Gilbert Oliver, yep, and Charmaine Bigwin, Bigwa, sorry, plays the his wife. So the main point of this is the strength of this film is with Will Smith's performance, which is absolutely like powerhouse yeah. uh, he commits to it fully he embodies it in every shape and like muscle and um, you you sense who this man is through will smith and it makes you remember that the problems will smith's had in, the, in recent times the obviously he has had like not the oscar stuff the stuff with his wife and airing it on public and shit like yeah. that yeah, yeah will smith is a phenomenal actor like when he wants to be, there's, there's times he, he definitely has felt he's phoning it in well a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Like maybe not quite. Maybe had a few years in the, in the, the kind of wilderness from like, like a, a a box office term, you know, after his big massive sort of like the late, like 2000s, but he was like the shit essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Su- superstar. Yeah. Superstar. Then Super a bit of a, yeah. his film, his name was still open a movie, even though the movie wasn't great. Um, but in this, it reminds you that he is a genuinely phenomenal actor and. You know, and is one to always watch. You know, um, it's a very odd narrative structure though. It's like the first hour is like basically it's like what it's it's a misery watch. It's one of those ones mm, where yeah, yeah. you're just watching pain, and there's obviously there's no enjoyment in that, but it just becomes exceptionally difficult to watch. Which I guess is the point of yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's like when you watch things like Amistad or even Lincoln or Twelve Years a Slave, things like that. There's, there's yeah. no, they're not adding any sort of like drama to the situation it's just this is what happened this is fucking awful and it's like and it is and yeah. but it becomes a, a bit of a sludge to watch a bit of a top like to try and yeah. get through no i totally get it. i think there's this thing with films like that um and even things like the passion of the christ as well where they inflict the darkness to cruelty to a point where you feel guilty and bad about yourself for being yeah you know, for being born in the wrong time, the wrong place, I guess. Well, there is that, but also just from a from a purely watching a film point of view, it became a point like I don't know really why I'm watching this. Like I just like I it's it's I get what it is. Yeah. It didn't need to go for an hour of just that complete constant just horrendousness. But again, it's making a point of this horrendous it was. So I do yeah. understand it to that yeah. point. So it's, it's that weird thing of like I don't really want to watch it, but I get why it exists. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It, it's um, important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The second half is more of a kind of thriller. It's him like sort of he, he crosses union lines um and he basically joins the Union Army to fight against the mm. Confederacy to try and not only free himself, but free his family and all those kind of you know, to free all slaves rather than just himself. Yeah. Um, and that's more of a kind of just an action thriller type thing. You know, that's probably it's a more watchable film if that makes sense, you know, because it's just it's it's a it's a war movie at that point. Yeah. 
Um, is, is this this sounds to me something that I, I don't maybe a dick about this and sorry Apple, but it, it seems like something that deserves a bigger platform. Oh yes, hundred percent. Then it's getting. Yeah, no, absolutely does, and that's maybe the problem. Apple's done, Apple's done some, some really great work mm. that's just not getting seen enough, you know. Yeah. And it's a real yeah. shame. Um, there is some weirdness to it in the sense that the whole film is just bled of like, completely bled of color. Right. Not, it's not black and white. It's just like someone's turned the color on the TV down to like kind of sepia it almost. Yeah. yeah it, there's always be flashes of like a bit of kind of greenery or red now and again throughout it, but for the most part. It feels like you're watching a black and white film, and every now and again you see, like, oh, no, that he's wearing a brown jacket. I can tell that's a brown jacket. It's not a black jacket. So I take it this is an artistic choice. It's to... <coughs> it's it gets high, highlight the bleakness of you know, the situation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, it felt like that as well, but it also made the film quite, not difficult to watch, but just sort of... it. I didn't really think it needed that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. 1917 was a bleak film, but it, that wasn't drained of colour. Yeah, yeah, Spike, oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was in glorious colour. Um, what, what's the runtime in this one? Is it a? It's like two hours forty. So it's a chunky film. Yeah, yeah, but then big story to tell. I guess. Big story, and when it hits, it has real power, and it is affecting when it does hit. And most of that comes from Will Smith's performance. Yeah. You know, when when he's getting taken away from his family, that's like that's horrendous. What? You know? So what conflicts me is. Where are we with Will Smith? Is the problem, isn't it? Do we like Will? Do we not like Will? So he's, we know what he's done last year, and, and we kind of we're hating on Will for that. Yeah. Do, do we like Will because of this, or are we still hating Will for what he's I done? Or? The, I look at the thing with, with Chris Rock. Was he right to do it? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, but it's a grown man fighting a grown man. Yeah. It wasn't like he went after you know like a child or anything like that. He didn't do anything horrendous, like heinous like that. Yeah. He. Definitely did something that something shouldn't done, but then is it any different from like two guys scrapping outside a pub? Yeah. Not it's not really, but it's just Yeah, but yeah, it just so happens that it was in the public Oscars, yeah. Yeah, the most public thing you ever you can possibly imagine. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I'm willing to sort of like it's it's to let it go like not let it go, but to go like, well yeah, it happened, but then by all accounts Clint Eastwood and you know, all the kind of guys will punch people on sets and things like that, you know, does that make them good people? Yeah, exactly. It's this whole thing of Hollywood picking and choosing, but isn't it? Mm. Who's, who's the villain of the month almost? Do you know what I mean? So, well, that's the thing. They've, they've got, they've kicked him out of the academy, mm. right? But Polanski's still in the academy? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Woody yeah. Allen's still in the academy? Yeah, so it's, you know... It's, and you go, let's, let's you question know, who, let's question your rulings here at this point. And also, pick, because you're talking about national TV. Yeah, pick a lane and stick with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah either they're all bad people, or they're not. Yeah. One is, do you know what I mean? It's like you can't decide he's bad, but he's not as. It's like, no, they're all bad or not. They're yeah. Strange, strange things. Oh, yeah. It's very odd. Um, so I, I think it's worth watching to remember. Number one, it's a very affecting story and a very powerful hmm. story. Yeah. Also, to remember yourself that Will Smith is a wonderful actor and someone who we should continue to enjoy yeah. and hope he picks better films. I think that was yeah. part of the problem in recent years. He's not picked great movies. Yeah, definitely. There's been a no. few, a few forgettable ones in there. What did he win the Oscar for, actually? Uh, the tennis one, King Richard. It was. Yeah, Richard. which which I've still not seen. I, I was very, very good. He was yeah. very good in it as well. Um, but I do, I do remember his limbo period when he was doing like that one he done with um when it was the kind of con man with 
surface Harley Quinn and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that didn't mean that film as much. Um, Concussion stuff like that. There was a lot of kind of stuff that was. Well, Concussion's an interesting point to make because he does the same accent Concussion he does in this. Ah, And you know, there's some actors who they certain they get a certain fame where you don't need to hear him do an accent because it's Sean Connery. Yeah. For example, Sir Sean. Like Sir Sean can be French, Russian, Italian, just talk like Sir Sean. Yeah. and I feel much the same as that with Will. Like with Will Smith talks in a Haitian. I feel a little bit. It took me out for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure who else is like. I can't. I can't really remember Denzel doing an accent. Can you? No, no. Denzel's always Denzel. He's I mean? Denzel. You know, yeah, but yeah, he, yeah, can play, he can play. different roles, but he's just Denzel. Same with like. Yeah. Is Tom Cruise on an accent? Like, even he played. Even he played the German like sort of like guy who's trying to kill Hitler. Oh, in Valkyrie, yeah. He was still, still in American. He still still Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes when someone does an accent who you're, you're not who you're so you're so used to hearing talk like the talk, it really does throw you, you know. Yeah. Like Andy yeah. Serkis doing an accent, I'm okay with because he's a chameleon and that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. You no, know, but um, I never again someone who does an accent who I'm not used to, I'm like, oh, that's a bit, a bit jarring. Yeah, no, I, I actually get you, I get you. But then I guess you can't have him coming on all Fresh Prince as well. So that's I mean, I get, I get <laughs> he was he was he was wanting to commit fully to the role. Yeah. And that's way away done the accent. But anyway, um, I I was thinking more of these bad films. I thought that one was what's the one he plays and it's like he's gone through trauma and he thinks everything's connected. Me and you oh, saw it in the cinema, I remember. Yeah, the one with remember. angels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. I, I, thought, I, remember, I remember thinking it was absolutely Yeah, you didn't like yeah. it with Keira Knightley and stuff like that, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but um, I, I, quite, I quite enjoyed that. So, if, if he's banned from the Oscars, can he still be nominated, though? As I don't know. I don't but, know. Because I'm thinking banned means you can't host, but does it mean like you can't? Because you, 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 you don't just get picked for like an award, you get sub, your studio has to submit you. Mm. So could it be that because he's now banned, they're not allowed to submit him for an Oscar? Yeah, which could be a shame because this could be a performance that deserves an Deserve Oscar. Something, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a weird one. Yeah. I would give it a very solid seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. But it's watch, so, it with, watch with caution. Yeah, it sounds. I, I, I know exactly the type of move you mean. Um, you know, you, you come out and you just feel. Emotionally distrained, yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Got you, got yeah. you. So on from that, Collins. Let's talk about one you saw today, and um, we'll talk very briefly. Oh. I've not seen it yet, and we're going to talk about it more brief, more. Yeah, oh no, there, there is stuff to, to be spoken. So you saw this. Avatar: Shape of Water. I have seen the movie event. I'm going to say possibly of the decade, maybe. Yes. Yeah, quite quite possibly. Um, yeah, yeah Avatar. Maybe the end game stuff might have been like decade as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Avatar two. Um, the Way of Water, which is a follow-up to 13 years ago, um, the original Avatar film. Yes. Um, so this is James Cameron's adventures back in Pandora again. Um, so I'll, I'll keep this really brief because I do want to speak to you about it once you have seen it as well. Um, so I've seen this today um, in glorious 3D, um, not IMAX, unfortunately, because I think this one probably warrants an IMAX soon. Um, but this is... Um, the reason Cameron never made this after Avatar is because technology wasn't quite advanced enough for his his vision of what this film has to be. Yes. So he's basically waited 13 years for us to catch up to him. But or, for, or for him to perfect the technology, because he's probably making the technology to do it. As he goes. Um, and, and that's um, that's the one thing about this that, that I've kind of openly spoken now, is it looks sumptuous. Um, every scene is 
beautiful, you know, there's, there's no dodgy effects in there at all, you know, no. you are in a living, breathing world that he's created. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was really noticed in the original um, Avatar film. People were going back to the cinema again and again and again because yes. they, they couldn't bear to not be in Pandora. Yep. Um, so this is this is pretty much the same, you know. Everything you look at, you you just your eyes are drinking it, and you're trying to kind of look at everything on the screen at once, and it's all coming at you, and it's all in the I think it's 48 frames per second. It runs this that, uh, yeah, they're showing the high frame rate, yeah. High frame rate. Um, it's in 3D, but not the tacky 3D where everything jumps out at you. It's you know, it's kind of layered 3D that gives you a depth of perception that your kind of brain can equate to that's how shit would really look and stuff like yeah. that um so yes yeah, as, as far as visually goes it, it's, it's it's a proper proper treat um and it's, it's definitely you know one to just sit back and let it wash over you um the story not so much but we'll talk about that when you've seen it um i really okay. want to reserve my judgment on that um but that's all i've really got for it just now i'll wait till you've seen it and then we can we can start dissecting it bit more does it feel worth 13 years of waiting um visually yeah yeah that's the only part of it it feels like it's worth waiting for visually yeah it, 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 i mean it, it looks like nothing else out there at the moment mm. the only other thing that looks like is avatar yeah so i mean and there's still nothing that that's kind of really done that in, in such a scale created the whole world thing like the Thousand Planets one, Valerian Thousand Planets, the, yeah. the trial at Goddard and stuff like that, or best one, or try and make these worlds and universes. Um, but no one's ever done it quite the way he's done with Pandora. Well, I think the, the big point of it is that um, when it comes to the effects like that, is bad effects are not caused by lack of talent. They're caused by lack of money or lack of time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. James Cameron has nothing but, he, he had nothing but time to make it. And he's got all and the fucking money in all, the world. He's got all our money, so he's yeah. fine with that. So yeah, yeah, you can pay people to actually do the job properly. When you see bad effects, for example, let's mention like one from a few weeks ago, like Wakanda Forever, where the effects look dodgy. That's mm. caused by Marvel basically saying, we want this film done quick. We want it done yeah. by this date. We want it yeah. this date. And regardless of what's happened, that film, is, that film is going to get released on this date. You know, yeah. and you put the people under so much pressure to make it. They can work as, they, you can throw that, you can make it work as hard as they possibly can, but ultimately... Sometimes things shit just can't get done in that time. Yeah, it, yeah, it takes longer on paper. Mm. You can't do this in you know two weeks. This needs two months. But when oh. you get it done, then Marvel will make you do it, and that that's yeah. the problem. Um, what I will also very happily is uh, my biggest complaint: CGI fire. Look good. Jesus, yeah. You know why? Because it's probably it's probably bumped people alive. And all no, because he's got time and money to do it properly. To do, and it does. You can see that. You can see that. You know, like this is. Every shot is, you know, it's a self-contained fucking world. Every yeah. shot, almost. I mean, you're just moving with this. Um, and he's expanding on that. Because this is um, eight, eight movies he's wanting to do, I believe. No, I think he's now doing like four. Four now, right. So so this is, you know, he's kind of world building. So this kind of moves on. So the first one was all set around like kind of jungles and trees. Obviously, it's called the way of water. So his next step is, you know, let's put him in water. And I, I guess at some point he'll put him in snow or some or shit desert or, or, something, yeah. or desert. Yeah, yeah. So you can see, you know, he's, he's building this whole fully fledged world. Um, but he, he's doing it in only a way that, that Cameron can. So. It's interesting when I was um, at that Q and A thing with him, um, and he was talking about stuff, and 
someone said to him, well, this is always oh, a continuation of the franchise. Mm. He went, it's not a franchise. He says, it's a, if this film works, it can become a franchise. The first Avatar wasn't supposed, it wasn't there to make a sequel or make a franchise. It was there, he had an idea for a film, put it down, and he hoped it worked. It did work, obviously, yeah. the biggest way possible. But it yeah. wasn't, that wasn't the original goal, was to make a franchise. You know, because there's nothing in that film at the end. Well, apart from he, you get every moment he wakes up, you kind of get a sense of that. But that's not really setting up any sort of like next yeah. or anything, you know. Yeah. yeah. He said, he said for, for to be a franchise, this film has to work. Which it, it does in terms of, in a weird retrospective way, franchise building. Yeah. So he's now kind of building a franchise off of something that wasn't a franchise. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, it'll work and people will go and see it because it is like it's a sequel to the fucking biggest movie of all time. Yeah, you know what I mean. So people are going to go and see it and people will love it, people will hate it, and you'll have split down the middle. Do you know what I mean? But it will make its money, and he's made he's made them all, hasn't he? Just now, or the ones I think that he's he shot three and four. Yeah, but I think three is like well into like post production. Four, yeah. like quite. I think from what I heard reading the, or read, sorry. Is sort of bare bones right now, but he yeah. shot all that he thinks. The, 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 so it's it's there the groundwork there. Do you know what I mean? So he's he's firmly committed and invested yeah. in this. So there's no, you know, you, you can't back down now. So be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, Absolutely. Th- this feels very much like when you were discussing the last Harry Potter film, complete right. filler. That this is this for me feels like filler as well. Once you see that, when once you see three and four, that's all feel just like a, almost like a bridge film. Yeah, yeah, I think its so. own entity. I all think right. so. Yeah, I think that's where it's in. But I could be wrong. See, we'll speak about it more when you see it. I really right. want to kind of get into it a bit with you. Do you know what I mean without spoiling it? So I need to bite my tongue a wee bit and be careful what I say. But I mean, yeah. I'm interested to. to what he was it. talking about in the the thing I saw was he was talking. Um, he didn't want it to be Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. He said he loves Fellowship of the Ring. So it's a brilliant movie. He said, but holy fuck, that thing ends in a bizarre place. You know, like it, it ends where it should be starting. Yeah, it, I, it, it, it's. I remember watching it and it finished, and yeah, you're kind of stunned for a minute. You're, like, you're well, sitting, you're like, but, but, but now, do you know what I mean? You're kind of waiting, and you're like, oh, it's done, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they want, he wanted to make sure this film was encapsulated a movie as opposed to just being a, a stop somewhere. Which, yeah, it, yeah. No, I, I kind of get what he's doing, but yeah, to, to be discussed and. and more length, sir. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks' time, then. Yes. So, <coughs> so on to the last movie of the week, let's talk about the one that I've saw. It's on Shudder. Uh, you can also buy it on Blu-ray and DVD and whatever other media is available. Um, and that is a film called Resurrection, directed by Andrew Siemens. Um, he directed a film called Nancy Please. Um, I think he's done some producing work as well, but I've not really heard of him as a director. But well, certainly after this, we're keeping an eye on who he is. Um, so essentially, it revolves around the woman whose life is pretty much on track. She's very much a control freak. She's got her life all settled. Everything's good. Um, her, she's like sort of mid forties ish. Young daughter's heading off to college. Um, she herself is sort of like she's not got a husband, but she's got many a, a gentleman caller who who yeah. likes to spend time with her. She's quite content in life, quite content in her job, until one day she's out at a conference and she sees someone at the conference. And it causes her to panic. It's someone who she's had a relationship with in the past. Um, and from what you said, it's a very dark relationship. And the film sort of spirals from there. 
is okay. she descends into sort of crazed madness and or is she mad is she not mad it's very difficult to know exactly what what's real in this film um rebecca hall plays the lead um, the ex-partner is played by tim roth who's always nice to tim roth does a a, a wonderful evil he's creepy he's got yeah. a creep and he's got a it chills you i mean you know he's a creepy person yeah yeah, yeah. It's a very unwarm smile, if that makes sense. And when mm-hmm. he smiles, it's nothing. It's like a crocodile smile. Yes, yeah. You know, it's like the, it's the smell you see before someone kills you. That's what it looks like. But yeah. wonderful, amazing actor. Not, not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Tim Roth. Yeah, he's Tim Roth. Yeah, he can do. He can do bad. Yeah, yeah he can do bad very well. And you think Grace Kaufman plays the daughter, and Michael Esper pops up as a, a sort of love interest in it. Um, let's start with the, the top of this film. Like something we discussed a couple of times on this pod already. Rebecca Hall is one of the most underrated actors working in Hollywood. She she is like such a talent, but yeah, yeah, she never seems to get those big roles. Do you know what I mean? Like those catapult roles, which is yeah. I don't know if it's a choice that she's making or. But she's in the Kong film. She's in Kong v Godzilla. Mm. She's yeah. in those films, and she's in Iron Man three. Yeah, yeah. So she's had small parts, so she's had the opportunity. Um, but then. I'm kind of glad though because she is so interesting that the stuff yeah. she does probably allows her to be more of kind of her vision of character than possibly a studio led I mean stuff like that maybe I don't know Definitely. you're absolutely 100% right but I just feel like she's an actress who's never really given the the, um, the sort of love that she should be given because I think she's an absolutely brilliant actress she blows me away everything I've seen her in I've, I've never been anything less than just you know astonished by her she's, she's yeah genuinely fantastic yeah. like that film she's in Christine when she plays the, the anchor who mm. yeah she, she, she is that character yeah she's entirely believable Um, then the night house that I loved you loved that as well that, yeah. she just I mean she just comes along yeah and she just gives it everything and she's so believable and I can only imagine this film you're saying it's a spiral of madness when she does that she does it in a way that you go with her I mean, oh yeah that's the point yeah, yeah. in this film there's a moment she's got a 10 minute monologue like a ten minutes of just her talking to camera. Yeah. She's talking to someone, but she's essentially talking to you. Yeah. And like honestly, see if like fucking any male actor was doing that in any film this year, the studios would like the TV would not shut about it. The critics would not shut about it. They'd be sort of tipping their spells for every award possible. Yeah. Because Rebecca Hall's doing it in a sort of thriller, possible horror. Yeah. It's forgotten. It, like it's, it's not. It's not getting any. Mentioning and what it's, and it's a it's such a powerful moment and a powerful performance that it deserves to recognise more. And it's a real shame that it, it probably won't be because it's on Shudder, which is obviously not the most mainstream yeah. of um yeah. of, of platforms. And also, it's a horror, which or a kind of horror thriller that gives it less kudos to the, the critical again yeah. as well. But yeah. holy fuck, honestly, absolutely every moment she's on camera, you're like holy shit, she's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you just want to watch and you, you, you're waiting to see what she's going to do and you're just yeah. so invested in her characters that yeah. that's her bringing out my life, do you know what I mean? In a way that's just, wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, the film itself, very dark and twisting, um, very affecting thriller, like sort of like you, you really do start to go with, like I said, go with her on, on her journey. Um, it verges on horror at times. The ending definitely is horror. Yeah. I'd probably call it more a thriller. For, for the most part, um, but just very well paced. It just just unwraps and unfolds just at a, at a way that you kind of 
the time you get to the end of it, you can't really believe where you are. Yeah. Because of the steps you've taken throughout the film. You know? It's exhausting almost, possibly. Yeah, aye. It's not a fun watch. You're you're pretty fucking tense for, like, the the very... Because at the start of the film, before you meet the Tim Roth character, you're almost going, what is is this film? Because she seems like a bit... Like, what's she going to do to fuck herself up? Because she seems... Like, is it one of the guys she's banging? Is that going to be the thing that fucks her up? Is what's, what's it going to be? And then, once you meet the Rothcat, and her reaction to him is just so visceral that you just, you're, you're so tense. And then his reaction to her makes you even more tense. So you do spend pretty much the entire film just watching it with clenched cheeks, yeah. sort of like really worried about what's going to happen to I someone. I do love films that do that. I think that the kind of most notable one that we've both seen together was A Quiet Place. Yes. Where you, you actually, look, when it's finished, you kind of, you feel your body relax. You know I mean, you, you yes. realise, fuck, I was, you know, I was tense and you don't even realise it until after and you're like, shit, you know, I'm achy and sore and it's just because yeah. I'm sitting there so... You, you don't relax into the seat and into the film. You're, you're, yeah. you're literally, you're on edge, literally on edge of your seat. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love, love stuff like that. I really That's like the shit. In this one, so for much, you, yeah. Um, yeah. And the only thing I would say is a real shame that it is relegated. And I say relegated in the in very commas to, to things like Shudder. Shudder does get some great work from from yeah. bringing kind of things through, but I wish it was seen again by a wider audience because it's something that really should be seen by by more people. Um, it may make its way over to other platforms. <coughs> it's on. You get it in I'm sure you can. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be on like um like VOD and stuff like that eventually yeah. as well to, to rent. But just a um, movie. I think we need to keep. Declaring how how wonderful she is, so that people listen. Do you know what I mean, because people need to realise how how good this actress is, you know, how, how overlooked she is. And, yeah, yeah, she's she's got to get that, that recognition somewhere. And I, I mean, remember she she directed one film so far, and that was that film Passing. And that was yeah, that it's done it like brilliant as well. It's like she just seems got insanely talented. Yeah, yeah, she can do it all. Yeah, she can act, she can write, she can direct. She's she's got it. But and yeah, she she just sadly looked over. Again and again. Like I said, if, a, if there was a male actor out there who was doing this, like if Danny Junior done this, for example, it would be like, well, we've got to give him an Oscar for it just based on this. Yeah, and direct a movie at the same time about something else. Mm. Like, oh my God, look, he made a brilliant movie. Danny Junior is like the ultimate movie. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. She's doing all this stuff and almost been like sort of ignored, and it just I don't understand why she's so ignored. Oh, and she's a white woman working in Hollywood. <sighs> Maybe possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is it's a shame if that is the case. Yeah, but we'll keep we'll keep fighting the good fights, sir, and I will always always sing a praises to, to anyone that cares to listen. So we'll as will I, as will we'll, I. We have got your back, Rebecca. We have we got will, you. We will fight for you, Rebecca Hall. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you need us to do it, but we will always fight for you, Rebecca Hall. Um, but I would give it a very solid eight out of ten. Oh, movie of the week then. That's movie of the week for me, yes. Absolutely. Wow, wow, even Houston. Will Smith and his powerhouse performance. Um, yes, because I think the Becker Hall's so performance is just as good. It's oh. a diff- very different. Yeah. Definitely just as good. Oh, right, just stop pressuring me to see films, Mr. Laird. Yes. Oh God, you're a Resurrection. Very well, definitely worth seeing. Um, next week, well, we're not going to talk about any new movies, probably, though there is stuff out, like the new... Well, tomorrow, in fact, the new Knives Out. 
is out. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix. Glass Onion. It's called, yes, we'll it? talk yeah. about that in two weeks' time, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I will get a watch though. Get a watch. That that seems very much like a Boxing Day movie or a Christmas Day movie. Yeah, I think so. I think that's Boxing Day, isn't it? Yeah. Even even these post Christmas dinners. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Christmas dinner. You're you're full of turkey. You can sit and you can watch this and you can watch. Yeah. Daniel Craig. You know. Ben Wan Blanca. But those eyes of his. God damn it. So that's out. There's probably a few other things out, but we'll be talking with them in a couple of weeks' time. Because next week we're going to do a review of the year, which is always my probably my favourite pod we do of the whole year. I have a lot of fun talking to you about the stuff from the year. Yeah. We, As we you do. always surprise me about things that you've watched that you think are your best things, and it's like clearly just ridiculous choices. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, I mean, the I year you had Sergeant Stubby in at number 10 was truly one of your most bizarre years. Did you watch Sergeant Stubby? No, I did not, no. <laughs> well, I, I seem to recall from that year that Mr. McFall was very much in agreement with me on Sergeant Stubby. Cause no, he was not. That. He was absolutely not. Was he not? Well, you just, you just need to watch Sergeant Stubby and then we'll revisit that conversation one day okay. and I'll go, ha-ha, told you so. None of us watched Sergeant Stubby. But um, so that, like I said, so next week we'll be talking about um, all the films that we've, we've really enjoyed yeah. uh, over the last few years. Finding out what film joins our illustrious film of the year. Well, I guess what, what the films of the year have been over the past five years, Colin, from myself. Oh, over the past so, five. I'm going to say Endgame's going to be in there somewhere. So 2017 was Baby Driver. Agreed. Yep. Can't fault okay. that. I'm, I'm down with that one. I think. I'm... Well, amazingly, Paddington 2 was number six that year. Which is strange because me and you both absolutely adored Paddington. Yeah, it was behind. In a creepy kind of way, almost. But it did beat. It did beat Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, which. Okay. Put, yeah. Uh, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Go for it. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, good choice again. Yeah. Good choice again by us. Damn good choice. Uh, twenty nineteen. You're right. Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Okay. ITP didn't uh, did that one, by a, that one by a fairly decent margin. Yeah. Uh, 2020. Oh, surprising that one actually. 1917. No. That was number three. Was it? Oh, uh-huh. close. That's me. Pushed it was. It was Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. But I, I liked that a lot. We both, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm yeah. just saying. Surprised that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Or didn't win that one. And then um, last year was. I think I was happy about last year's one. Um, wasn't like a pizza, was it? No, that was this year. Wasn't no, that's how this year. Yeah, I don't know who was it. I think I, I think I was in quite disagreement with it. It was Mitchell's versus Machines. Oh no, I liked that as well, but I don't I think it was every year. Yeah, what was second? That was your favourite Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. I think you your number one. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah, I would have still there. Yeah. yeah. Mitchell's versus Machines was good, but mm, every year. But I but it yep, was. The, 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 it was decided that's it. But there the is vote no, is the vote, Colin. Yeah, the there is no vote. recanting when, once it's there. That is it, and yeah. it shall be forever so. Yes. So anyway, so that's um, <laughs> hopefully something will join it next um, next week as a, the film of 2022 from the. Oh, I've got I've got years. homework to do now. So you're making me watch films and you're giving me homework, Mister Laird. This feels like what? Well, making you watch films on the premise of this whole podcast. I mean, that should be something you would do anyway. I do admit to giving you a little bit of homework with all stuff, but. Find a way to find us in, Colin. You can find us uh, three beers in a movie. We're on um, Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're still on Twitter. Twitter's still on Twitter, surprisingly. Yeah. And uh, we're on email now as well. Uh, email address is 
free THRW beers in the movie at gmail.com. Um, I'm still waiting for that for that that magical email. To no one emails any these days, Paul. No one emails. Well, someone, someone, there's got to be one person that will even stumble across this and just email me and say it's fucking Seymour, whatever nonsense joke they want to put on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go on. I like a laugh. I can take a you laugh. like a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Richard needs a laugh after emancipation. So yeah, I do. Yes, I definitely need a laugh after that. <laughs> I've been calling. You've been Richard, and we have been. <laughs>